0: Who's ready for some live Front Desk Goddess training? We are so excited to announce our upcoming event in Dallas on Friday, April 12th, 2024. You can call me now to register at 800-592-7239 or just click the link in our show notes. But be sure to mention this podcast to save some money. Or if you register online, use the code FDGR as in Front Desk Goddess Retreat. And that'll save you $100 when you register. As always, Brady Group All Access members are invited to attend for free. But you still need to let me know you're coming. When we get defensive, not only does our thinking become rigid, but our IQ drops 20 points, and frankly, we become stupid. Welcome to the Front Desk Goddess Diaries. My name is Amy and I am a personal practice coach for the Brady Group. I've been in your shoes and I have the pleasure of working with dental practices across the globe. And you know what I've discovered? Everyone has the same challenges. I'm excited to share wisdom that I've gained from great dental practices just like yours. So today I wanna to address a topic that um, has just been heavy on my heart. I receive calls, emails, texts all the time from doctors, team members, and you know the the general conversation has to be frustration that that doctor or team member has with someone else on the team, and they haven't addressed it. And uh, when we kind of dig in a little, little deeper, we discover that well, they haven't addressed it with that person because they get defensive. Now, whether that's reality or not, who knows? But that's that that person's perception is that if I bring this up, they will get defensive, and then it uh, is uncomfortable. It's you know not effective, and and they're right because here's what happens when we get defensive: our thinking becomes rigid. Our IQ drops at least 20 points and frankly, we become stupid. Then that defensiveness rubs off on everyone else. And we have a room full of people that just cannot solve problems. So having some awareness of our defensiveness and how that plays into how approachable we are, um, whether or not people come to us with issues or, you know, are they going to other people? Yeah, are they avoiding us because we're just not very approachable because we get so defensive? See, it's human nature to be defensive. When we get questioned or maybe we perceive uh, criticism, uh, it's fair to say that most of us get irritated. Maybe we even get silent or say something very cutting in response. And, uh, you know, that defensiveness kind of becomes normal. But If we normalize it, we tend to write it off as no big deal, and then it becomes a problem. See, when we're defensive, we're killing collaboration, period. And uh, defensiveness, it's a huge obstacle. It keeps us from working well together. In fact, there is absolutely nothing that will help us become more effective at building teamwork, collaboration, problem solving, than understanding that um, having some self-awareness about our defensiveness and being able to manage, ma- manage it uh, will do. I mean, that's, that's huge. We're only human, okay? We are only human. And because of that, it's close to impossible to, for us to completely eliminate being defensive, especially in the midst of stress. But having that awareness, understanding, you know, how our reactions might affect others and having a plan in place when we start to notice that is huge, okay? So anytime you notice you're getting defensive or anytime you are defensive, bottom line, you're less effective. There's a book um, that I'm in the process of reading, I'm gonna share the the link in the notes, but it references the science behind the fact that our defensiveness kills effectiveness. Um, The name of the book is Radical Collaboration. It's by Jim Tam t-a-m-m um i'll also throw his ted talk in the the show notes because that's kind of what got me thinking about this Um, and he talks about how defensiveness is such an obstacle to collaboration because when we get defensive we're putting a whole lot more energy into our own self-preservation than we do into the original issue and solving the problem and so that's why it's so ineffective see we want to prove that we're right rather than come up with creative solutions and you know when this happens whether it's at home or amongst your team in the office i mean you're setting yourself up for failure now i understand sometimes there are things you know whether it's our convictions or core beliefs strong strong beliefs i don't want you to sacrifice that please don't get me wrong but sometimes if it's trivial if it's something that you know i know everything in in that moment seems like it really matters but Sometimes it's better just to let someone else be right. And again, I'm not saying when it comes to very strong convictions or core values and beliefs, that's not what I'm saying. But just understand, you have a choice. You know, you're at a fork in the road when you feel the need to become defensive, when somebody proposes a change or um, maybe calls you out on something, Uh, you have have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to be a contributor or to totally kill collaboration. Um, so think about that. Instead of trying to prove that you're right, say, okay, maybe we can look at creative solutions uh, with each other. You don't have to apologize, you, nothing. You can just simply say, thank you. Hey, thanks for bringing that to my attention. Let's work together to figure this out. Um, sometimes you know, we look at uh, defensiveness uh, more with leaders. Hey, um, I have team members call and they're concerned about something. I'm like, well, what did he or she say when you went to them with this challenge? Well, they, they get defensive. And so I'm afraid to go, I don't know what's going to happen. And uh, leaders, you need to know that you need to know that your team members are probably talking about it at lunch instead of coming to you with the challenge. Are you approachable? Uh, do you make it easy for people to come and, and, share with you, or are you very quick to defend and very quick to jump on people? Um, you know, that, that behavior is, is hurting more than just, you know, the, the situation and, and you think it's helping you, it's actually hurting you. Uh, again, we're inviting everybody else in the room to be defensive as well. We can, you know, see it in others very clearly. Oh my gosh, she gets so defensive but it's a lot more difficult to recognize it in ourselves and that's typically because there are some underlying emotions going on some other things happening um and you know when somebody gets defensive they might appear to just be you know uh, putting on this armor and gearing up for battle basically but what's happening is they are masking their fear okay defensiveness is driven by fear and uh maybe it's fear of change Maybe it's fear that, oh my gosh, they're noticing that I'm not pulling my weight. Maybe it's, um, uh, oh wow, I'm being exposed. It's like imposter syndrome, or um, it, it could be fear that's not even founded, okay? But the problem is defensiveness isn't gonna protect you from other people and their thoughts. It only defends us from the fears that we don't wanna face or that we don't wanna feel. It could be you know like I said earlier things about your own significance or your competence or or even your likability that's a lot of it too is see we want to be liked and when uh, our defensives come up due to you know again like imposter syndrome or something like that um when we're scared that maybe we're not looking smart enough or that we are capable or that we made a bad decision um that's what happens. It's, it's just fear based. That's all it is. Um, you know, let's say that, uh, team members, okay, let's say that you are worried about an upcoming review. And when your doctor gives you some, uh, some feedback, you know, you might feel like they're incorrect or they don't know the whole story. And so you start making excuses or maybe you get hurt or you cry, or you just clam up and don't say anything. But these behaviors are really masking the real challenge, which could be your fear of losing your job or fear that maybe you have more to learn or fear that um, maybe, you know, people don't agree with your decisions. It, it, It just boils down to that fear. And if we can understand that, that our defensiveness is really just helping us shove our fears under the rug then I think it helps us a little bit to understand that the defensiveness isn't about the other person, it's more about our fears and we can rein it in. So now that we kind of understand, obviously defensiveness is a collaboration killer, right? Let's talk about what we can do about it. Um, You know, Going back to uh, radical collaboration, he talks about warning signs. If we can recognize what the warning signs are for us, I'll tell you what it is for me. For me, it's um, I feel my face getting hot <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I it's it's anxiety. It's like I can almost feel the heat rising from my neck up to my forehead. And when that happens for me, and again, it's helped so much to read this book and do some further digging and an understanding of defensiveness and that it's just based on fear. I just take a deep breath. And instead of jumping in to start, you know, uh, defending my stance or my decision or, or my, um, you know, statement or whatever it happens to be, I just take a deep breath. And sometimes I don't say anything right away. And that helps me kind of collect my thoughts. And, um, you know, again, instead of just reacting, be a little more thoughtful in my response. Um, but here, here are, you know, that's for me. You're going to recognize what it is for you. But here are the 10 most common warning signs that you might be getting defensive. Maybe there's kind of a spurt of energy in your body that you just kind of feel like you're ready to get up and go. Um, Maybe there's sudden confusion. You feel like you're put on the spot and that's stressful for you because, you know, you, you can't, you know, come up with answers right away. Maybe you start talking a lot and you're throwing out a bunch of information to prove your point and you interrupt and you just continue to talk. Maybe you withdraw and give that person the silent treatment and you don't say anything. Sometimes um, the fifth thing is you might magnify, um, I'm sorry, magnify or minimize something. It could be one extreme or the other where uh, small things become huge or things that are seemingly significant, you minimize them. Um, six, you might develop kind of an all or nothing thought process where, well, if you don't agree with me, forget it, um, you know, kind of a, a thought where you're not willing to meet in the middle or or come to some conclusion. Fine, you're on your own. Don't even ask for my help. <laughs> um, you might, seven is you might feel like you're a victim. Hey, okay, Maybe you feel like everybody's ganging up on you. Um, And maybe they are, who knows? But again, if you feel that way, it's often because you get very defensive. And so everybody else is talking about the problem, but they're not bringing you into the loop because they're afraid to for fear you'll get defensive. And so, you know, maybe it's in a team meeting and everybody is, you know, somebody brings this up and everybody's jumping on that bandwagon except for you and you feel like a victim. Well, you have to think about what may have preceded that. Instead of that initial person coming to you, they kind of got everybody else on their bandwagon and now it's a problem, okay? So um, feeling like you're a victim or or even misunderstood is is an issue. Number eight, BCD. If you find yourself blaming, complaining, defending, um, that's a huge warning sign that you're getting defensive. Number nine, obsessive thinking. You can't let it go. Hey, okay, you just can't let it go no matter what. And again, sometimes, I mean, oftentimes we just need to move on. And instead of letting that, uh, issue that maybe we can't even remember, you know, we're just so intent on, on proving that person wrong or standing our ground or justifying our cause that we get obsessed with it. And that can certainly take away from, you know, your, your contribution to the team and then there's number 10 wanting the last word oh my gosh this drives me nuts um and again just if you're in a you know discussion with somebody who is is hell-bent on getting the last word just let them have it walk away have your peace but don't don't get down in the mud with them and want that last word because here's what's happening when we want the last word all we're doing is wanting to be heard. Okay. We're wanting to be heard. Stephen Covey says we need to seek first to understand. We need to listen with the intent to understand instead of listening with the intent to respond. And when you're wanting the last word, you are, you are totally not listening. Okay. You have your own agenda. You are on the bus all by yourself and you're leaving everybody behind. Hey, you're, you're not being effective. So I'd like you to do this because I, I did this myself, too, is reflect back on some conversations. Maybe you've had this past week, maybe disagreements or what you might even call conflicts. It could be something really minor. One of those things where you can't even remember what happened or what the, uh, you know, initial issue was. Or it could be a big, huge blow up, something really significant. Maybe it's personally, maybe it's something that happened in the office. but reflect on those things and look for the patterns okay look for the patterns of behavior when you get defensive and what happens maybe it was something minor at work and your default was all or nothing thinking and you were like forget this i i'm gonna quit i am out of here they're not gonna agree with me and they don't see the value in what i'm trying to do here i'm out of (laughs) here or maybe it's a simple question you know my husband um, asked me recently, he was looking for something. I can't remember. can't even remember what it was. And I got so frustrated. I said, you know, if you would move some things, if you would just move stuff, you'd find it. Okay. why do you always, you know, you, you're, you never know where any, anything is because you don't do anything around here. Yeah, and I just got so frustrated and that's not true at all. Um, you know, and the fact that I felt like I have to always get up and come find it is ridiculous i could have simply said have you moved things have you moved the pile of whatever to to see if it's there you know there was no need for me to respond that way okay um if you have difficulty you know i I was able to identify mine fairly quickly (laughs) um but if you have difficulty determining your signs of defensiveness ask for some feedback you know recently um I challenged a lot of our doctors and team members to go to somebody in their life that they feel will be honest with them and say, how am I doing? How am I doing as your spouse? How am I doing as your mom? How am I doing as your hygienist? How am I doing as your boss? Um, ask for some feedback. You know, I, I would challenge you and I told our, our you know members this too, don't go to somebody who's a people pleaser because they're going to tell you what you want to hear. You know, they're afraid too. But most of the time, people spot our defensiveness way before we do. And so why is this important? Basically, I am not nearly as in tune with my fears or, um, you know, doing anything about it until it's too late. But if we can get some feedback, have some internal, you know, self-reflection and identify what our signs of being defensive are, it becomes our own kind of personalized early warning system. Okay, Again, for me, it's that, you know, that heat, you know, and I think I'm having a hot flash, but (laughs) it's me getting very, you know, ready to to fight. And when I notice that, I just take a breath. Okay, here are some things you can do because um, creating, you know, and understanding that warning sign, um, you've got to take some action. First is noticing it like I mentioned, but then, then take some action. Acknowledge first that you're being defensive, whether you're recognizing one of those early warning signs, like I, I have identified for myself, uh, or you're getting that obsessive thinking, or maybe you're caught off guard and confused. Um, just acknowledge, hey, I'm getting defensive. And you might even say it out loud. Say, you know what? It feels like I'm becoming defensive. And, you know, I I want to just pause. I want to step away from this conversation. And when I'm able to respond in an effective way, revisit it. That's okay. There is nothing wrong with that. Or maybe you just say it to yourself, depending on the circumstances. Um, And just noticing, you know what? Here I go, I'm getting defensive. Slow down, okay, slow down. For me, I have to take deep breaths. just being, having that awareness that it's okay. You know, I don't have to fight that fight or flight that's kicking in. Um, If you can go for a walk, you know, I mean, sometimes when we can focus our attention outward on something different, it's kind of like hitting a reset button. You know, we can start over, we can rewind the videotape and then come back to it. Also being aware of um, just negativity, that self-talk that kind of uh, voices in our head um the things that we say to ourselves if you find that maybe you are you know criticizing yourself for your defensiveness or your lack of being able to control um the conversation or control yourself maybe just simply ask yourself am i being helpful right now or hurtful what behavior would be more helpful Um, and then you take action, you know, again, for me, oftentimes it's just that deep breathing, okay. Um, if you want to take a walk, if you want to instead ask a question, okay. Maybe you just step back and say, can you tell me a little bit more about what you're, what you're wanting me to know or, or, you know, um, what you're trying to communicate sometimes, sometimes you just need clarity. You know, somebody says something, you know, this happens in texting quite a bit. Texting is a horrible way to communicate, by the way. When you text, um, people get in arguments more often over text than they do real communication. And, um, you know, that's why I'm not a fan of texting. I think it's great, it's convenient for very quick interaction, but do not try to have a deep conversation over text. It's going to be misinterpret- misinterpreted, I can promise you. And so, um, you know, make sure that you're, you know, asking clarifying questions. You know, I, I, my response initially is to to get a little offensive, but I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. And I know that's not the right course of action. Can you tell me a little bit more about why you're asking this or, you know, your thoughts behind your comment? Okay. That's okay. That is really okay. Let that person talk a little bit more and, um, you know, you're, your mindset is gonna settle. You're gonna be able to have a more effective conversation and respond rather than react, okay? That's important. Um, <laughs> in his TED talk, the author of the, the book, uh, Tam, he talks about an example of a great action step. He said, you know, this one lady, her warning sign was always wanting the last word. She just felt the urge to do that. And so she kind of had this, this mental picture of herself standing in the, the conference room doorway throwing in the last word and slamming the door. But she didn't do it. Okay, she didn't do it. She just kind of walked away, but then went through that motion. And, and what that did for her, she, she said it, um, you know, was a way of, of not only reminding her what she was doing and, uh, you know, sort of those, those uh, responses, but it also made her laugh. And when she laughed, it was, you know, just changed her whole outlook. Everything was so much different finally let go, you know, once you've taken your action step, whether it's going for a walk or deep breathing or what the lady in the Ted talk did where she just pictured herself, uh, throwing in the last word without really doing it. Um, once you let go and, uh, you know, really examine the situation and others intent, you're going to have fresher your eyes. You're going to be calmer. Your physical and emotional state is going to be in a different place than when you first started getting defensive. And then you're going to really be able to have a much more effective conversation. Maybe you totally misinterpreted what somebody was trying to say altogether. And it also brings their awareness that something they're saying to you is kind of puts you, you know, uh, kind of you're, you're, you're on your heels a little bit. Okay, not that.